Hiya, I'm Bio, and in case you're wondering, you are now listening to the Water Joke Podcast. A friendly disclaimer before you proceed, continued listening may result in one or more of the following. Involuntary and unrestrained laughter. <laughs> Learning new things. Uh-huh. Enjoyment, being offended, and falling in love. And most importantly, always remember, please, don't take everything you hear on here too seriously. Australia, the Great Depression, angry farmers, and some thick, thick birds. I mean, Riley thick. What do all these have in common? Probably the most embarrassing military defeat in history. Ladies and gents, the Great Emu War. Australia is this little country that's also a continent. I can't continue with the accent. <laughs> By that alone, you can tell it's, it's, it's a hooligan of a place. Whenever you think most dangerous place on the planet, it's really not Nigeria, even with a bad rep. It's Australia. They've got man-eating sharks, shark-eating sharks, shark-eating men, and probably man-eating men too. <laughs> they got bees, snakes, jellyfish, sharks, snakes, scorpions, toadfish, spiders, ticks, ants, centipedes, crocs. You name it! But if you can look past the fact that everything may be trying to kill you, Australia is a pretty decent place to live. People are unjudgmental, friendly, brave, and tenacious. I mean, you have to be to live there. You can say that the bravery thing dates back as far as the exploits at World War I, where the Australian and New Zealand Army Corps really did a madness. After the exploits, everybody in Australia had ginger. You know, the country was going to do great things moving forward. So when the war veterans came back home, they gave them what you would expect any war veteran to receive as gifts for doing great things in war. They gave them farmland. And of course, they saw this as another victory moving forward because fighting for freedom, raising crops, exactly the same thing. It was steady work for the veterans and a boost in Australian wheat production. More foreign trade, more money. Yay! And then boom, the Great Depression. Everybody went broke. Meaning, if they didn't sell wheat super cheap, it wasn't going to sell at all. Then came 1932. Enter the emu. Flightless birds that can grow up to about six feet tall. Yeah, most likely taller than you. They're also pretty delicious. I haven't had emus to yet, but I'm hoping to someday. And apparently, they're Australia's national bird. Blackout for Nigeria and America is the eagle. No, no, not, not the same eagle. That's not right. Makes me wonder, did they make the emu the national bird as consolation for something? Was the emu attack revenge? All this and more on What a Joke. In nature... Emus barely hang around inland Australia and they stay at the coast for like most of the year, far, far away from dumb humans. They only came inland to procreate, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink, wink. But this time, when they came inland, they noticed something different. I'm about to play you a famous recording of two emus discussing around the time. Dylan, was all these wheat here before? No, 
Well, well, it's too bad. We have to go back home now. Why? There's Luffy right here. Why should we go back? Hmm. You remember what these humans did to us that year? You don't mind. That's exactly what I mind. It's time to return the favor. And the next thing you know, now you see wheat, now you don't. This, of course, was a serious problem for the farmers. Just imagine your herdsman and a flock of eagles, which isn't even possible, thank God, starts moving your cows. <laughs> the horror! Farmers decided that they needed government help. But did they go to the Minister of Agriculture, who clearly has an investment in survival of their crops? Nope. Instead, they went to the Minister of Defense because why not? Yeah! Maybe being former soldiers influenced the decision. When the people needed help, one man arrived to save the day. Well, one man and three other men. But the one man's name is Sir George Pierce. Australia was gonna show those flightless birds who was boss. The farmers had to pay for it themselves, though. Major GPW Meredith of the Royal Australian Artillery was given command of the offensive, along with two of his best soldiers and two Lewis machine guns, the most high-tech weaponry available. All right, boys, here's the mission. We go in, pop some emus, and be out in time for dinner. Emus stew with our missuses. Are you with me? Yes, yes, yes. That's on me. Yes, sir! And of course, to record Australia's great victory, a camera crew was sent along. I mean, what kind of sad-ass government propaganda was that going to be? Our brave soldiers travelled to Western Australia and on November 2nd, they fired their first shots. <laughs> you know, there's, there's actual footage from the thing. So um, I'm going to play you a one-minute clip from the beginning of the war. If we want one of your cars, we'll certainly let you know. These are some of the unfortunate farmers whose sweet crops have been trampled down by hordes of emus, but they're hopeful of getting rid of the pest at last. They've never used this sort of scarifier before, but things are desperate, and it's war to a finish this time. The scouts of the advancing army have keen eyesight, and in order to get close to the main body, our lads have to do some real stalking, with the enemy watching events through their periscopes, raised up over the heads of corn. Now they're retiring, off at 40 miles an hour. Instead of the birds ruining the farmers... It was three men and two machine guns against 20,000 really tall birds that can run at 40 miles per hour. Wow, that sounds pretty fair. But the soldier's plan was concrete. Nothing could possibly foil it. Except, of course, if the emus decided to run away. Even if, chap, they should have taken out a couple of emus, right? Yeah, a few. But it turns out that emus are almost... Bulletproof. Of course, they're from Australia. These birds were chowing bullets and they continued running like, oh no, it's just a scratch. Meanwhile, <laughs> some footballers, if you breed on them, 
they will roll for 20 minutes. <clears throat> On top of that, their guns actually jammed a few times. Was this a sign? The humans were smart, but the emus outsmarted them. So, the humans decided to outsmart the emus who outsmarted them. So what do you think the emus did? That's right. They outsmarted the humans who tried to outsmart the outsmarting of them. Keep up. The Australian army of three mounted a machine gun on a truck. Of course. Why didn't they think about that first? Except if they did, they'd have got to disappointed a lot quicker. Because first off, the truck couldn't even keep up with the emus. They got dusted, and not just because there was a lot of sand. Okay, okay, okay. it was funny, it was funny. To top it off, the truck shook so much that the gunner could barely even aim. The government had no choice but to admit defeat. Immune supremacy! Six days after the first shots were fired, the government called off the war. Man, <laughs> imagine if they had Twitter back then. <laughs> The newspapers and media did do their best job. Everybody laughed about it, well, almost everybody. Let's take stock. 20,000 birds, how many did you kill? Uh, about three, 300. 300. How many men did you lose? None. Should have lost at least one soldier. And how many bullets did you use? Uh, you, you know, just a uh, 2,500. What? The emus may in fact have won all the battles, but they hadn't yet won the war. Because the farmers begged for help again, and one man rose to <clears throat> the, George, the George Pierce guy from before. Yeah, him. He sent soldiers again. Major Meredith was here to repair his image, dignity, and maybe save any face he could. And this time, the army of three actually did a lot more damage. They killed nearly a thousand emus. Out of 20,000. And they only used, you know, about 10,000 rounds of ammunition. <laughs> I was like, what? 10 rounds wasted for one kill? Damn. Stormtrooper accuracy. At this point, it had become too much of a stupid loss for the government and they decided, you know what? We're going to call off the war. Immune supremacy! Or did they? See, if you can't go through the front like a gentleman, then you have to invade the back like a thief in the night. Wink, wink. The farmers kept trying to start the war again, but nobody them and anybody. Instead, the government did what any sensible government would do. Yes, it put out a bounty on their national bird. So, like, you know, deathstroke, but no fighting skills necessary, and you don't have to leave Western Australia, and you, you only kill one type of thing. Yeah, same thing. But it worked, funny enough. I mean, they could have done that from the start. And... Things got better. 
In the end, a longer-lasting solution was found to the problem. The farmers just built better fences around their farmlands. What did we learn today, kids? <clears throat> As the Igbo proverb goes, if you know be bulletproof, no chop person with. Oh yeah, and don't fight your national bird. They have that respect for a reason. Thank you for listening to the end. If you liked it or not, please share with your friends, family, enemies, and total strangers in any way you can. Help share the humor. It would also mean a lot if you could subscribe to this show on the official Jamet platform. And I'd love to respond to your comments on the official Jamet Twitter page at Jamet FM under the post for this episode. Tune in next Monday for another episode because really, you can't make this stuff up. Yeah.